0: Welcome back. We will be studying right now the last chapter of Il Chod Shabbat of Arambam, the 30th chapter, Perk Shiloshim. We are Mishne Torah, Sefer Zemanim, and this is the last chapter of Ilkot Shabbat. It's a beautiful chapter. It's a very sweet chapter. It doesn't have as many technicalities as other chapters. It's not difficult to understand. It's very light. It's very pleasant. It's a very, very pleasant chapter. And uh, I, I, I think it's a beautiful chapter to study on Shabbat itself to really bring you to the mood of what Shabbat should feel like. <clears throat> Just to place us back to where we, sh- where we should be for this chapter, as you may recall, one of the main sources for the last few chapters has been Yeshayahu, in that passage which many Sephardim say the day of Shabbat before having Kiddusha Rabbah, before having the Beracha over the wine, preceding the meal of the day of Shabbat. And then Yishayahu continues saying, and you shall call the Shabbat, you shall consider the Shabbat a day of pleasure, a day of ecstasy, a day of uh, of enjoyment. So this is one of the of the main points here, And this is uh, something uh, to sanctify uh, God, the one who is honored, respected. In other words, it's something, uh, there is something lofty, there is something sanctifying, something pretty high about the enjoyment one gets on Shabbat. So halacha aleph. There is four things about Shabbat, four main commandments, four main themes. Two are in the Torah, two are in the Neviim, as we said before, in Yahu. Shabbat Torah, Zachor V'Shamor. The Torah, you can divide all of the Shabbat we studied so far. You can classify them into two columns, one Zachor, which is the positive things of Shabbat, and one Shamor, which is the negative things of Shabbat, the things we should not do. V'Shenit Pareshu al-Yedehan and the things that, were in a way in a parallel way to Zachor Veshamor that uh, were the two themes given by the Naviim to the day of Shabbat are kibud the Ainug. is to honor the Shabbat, to make the Shabbat an honorable event. And the other one, Ainug, is to have pleasure on Shabbat, to benefit from Shabbat, to really enjoy it. Shene'emar, as it is said in the Pasuk which I cited before, the Karatala Shabbat so in this chapter, we're going to actually define what is his kibbutz and what is his oneg. How can one, how should one honor the Shabbat? So that's what hachamim prescribed, that, that a person should wash himself, and the, the way they'd wash themselves, just on a, on a basic level without fully going into the bathhouse back in the day was uh, the face, the arms, and the legs. It's a basic kind of washing, but it's a washing that one should do in honor of Shabbat. So if I were to translate that to our day and age, I'd say shower, shower before Shabbat. And then a person should wrap himself on on a sisit on a talet, there is uh, testimonies of the Yemenites that they still do, some of them still do, some of them used to do that. As soon as Hasot uh, of, of Friday ends, they close their shops, they put the talet, they get ready, and then they just wait They, with anticipation for the Shabbat, dressed, wrapped in that rosh, And then they sit down and seriously in anticipation, they wait to be able to greet to receive the Shabbat. Like someone who is anxious for the arrival of the king. And I'm going to make a very important footnote coming up, which runs very much counter to what people do today in Kabbalah Shabbat. And originally, the first Chachamim, this is something the Gemara relays, Shabbat, they would gather the talmidim on Friday before Shabbat, umit and they would wrap themselves all with Talit, the Omrin, and they would say, Shabbat let us go out, and and greet and wait for Shabbat of the King, the Shabbat of the King. Now the gemara says, "Shabbat Malka," Shabbat Malka in Aramaic with an aleph at the end is literally translated as Shabbat HaMelech, the Shabbat of the king. Who is the king here? The king is God, Hashem. And Shabbat is a Shabbat that the king prescribed. Now came the Mequbalim in 15th and 16th, 16th century, mostly 16th century Sefat, around the time of the uh, Rabbi Shalom el-Kabetz, for example, the one who composed the Lechadodi, And they actually changed the way this used to be done because of some mystical reasons. They wanted to cause the unification of the feminine masculine aspects of the divinity in their view. This is something that Harambam would 100% vehemently disagree with and maybe he'd consider it uh, pagan to some extent. But that's what they did. And in order to fit that view, that worldview, they also called The Shabbat, the queen. So it's not Shabbat Malka. it's not the Shabbat of the king, but rather Shabbat the queen. So there is some kind of a wedding taking place, according to the Mechobalim, with uh, something a little more intimate and a wedding taking place later in the night. This is all explicit in the Zohar to Parashat Itro, where the Shabbat is the queen and God is the king. And What we are doing is a wedding ceremony, and the Lechado Dili Krat exemplifies us beautifully. Harambam uh, would really, really have a very, very difficult time with what's being done today in Kabbalah Shabbat. And I just want to point out the Gemara and Harambam don't have the concept of Shabbat being the queen, but rather. This is called the Shabbat of the King, Shabbat HaMelech, the Shabbat of the King. Shabbat is not itself a king; he's it's not itself a queen. Shabbat is a present, is an, an ot, is some kind of a gift that the king gave to us, to Am Israel. Halacha Gimel: and part of the honoring of Shabbat, shegilbash Kesut Sutnakiya, that the person should wear clean garments. And also, it should not be that what a person dresses like during the week should be the same thing as they dress on Shabbat. And if the person has nothing into which to change for Shabbat, it's a very poor person, they only have one garment, or everything else is in the laundry, and so on and so forth. Then he should at least turn over his coat, so that there is something difference between the way he dresses on Shabbat and the way he dresses the rest of the week. And Ezra Sofer had an actual tekanah, tekanah, that he, he decreed people should have, there should be an official day of the week for laundry, that should be Thursday, so that, you know, it takes a day for the clothes to dry, so that on Friday afternoon, Everyone has, by default, freshly laundered clothes. It's forbidden to sit down to a, a, a meal or a mishte, some sort of a symposium, a gathering for drinking on Friday because of Shabbat. In order to not come into Shabbat, being fully satisfied, and not wanting to enjoy of the food and the drinks of Shabbat itself. It's permissible to drink and eat Friday until it darkens, until it actually becomes Shabbat. And although it's permissible, an aspect of honoring the Shabbat, that the person should refrain from actually sitting down for a sit-down meal, from the minha and on, the minha is uh, half an hour after noon. That's the minha. Kadesh Yikanes to Shabbat, kashahum it avele echol, so that a person comes into Shabbat being desirous of eating the meal of Shabbat. Halakha heh, uh, me Adam shlochanu be'ayin Shabbat, therefore pishen us harichil al chazait. A person should set up a nice table for Shabbat, even though he's only going to eat an olive worth of food. So too, a person should set up the table, Mosay Shabbat, as Shabbat is leaving, even if he's only going to eat kazayit, so that he does this kibbutz, this honoring, as Shabbat enters and as Shabbat leaves. I want to point out some people say that this is not referring to to the fourth meal of the of the Shabbat which we are going to talk about later but rather this refers to and uh, Iyun. either way it, it should be nice to have a set up table. betomi Shabbat it's also part of the kabod to to uh, clean one's house before Shabbat in honor of Shabbat and he should have the candles lit and the table set and his bed made and all of these are what's considered the honor of Shabbat even if this is a very very important person is the president of the United States or the son-in-law of the president of the United States and he's he's not someone who normally deals with uh, housekeeping or grocery shopping, a person must, regardless of how honorable the person himself is and how used he is to doing these tasks, he must, he's required to do these tasks, by himself. From the earliest ages, we learn, some of them used to chop wood in order to cook with that for Shabbat. Some of them would actually cook. They would be on the kitchen, in the kitchen on Friday. Some of them would salt the meat to Some of them would prepare the, the wicks for, for Shabbat. Some of them would be the ones were are in charge of the illumination, of the lightning in the house, lighting in the house, which is the Nerot. Some of them would do grocery shopping, like buying fish, buying fruits. We have stories of Shammai and Hillel, that they would go and find fruits that were worthy for Shabbat. Even though they are not used to going out and doing grocery shopping themselves, and anyone who does more and more on this, this is one of those areas in which the more you honor, the better. Most mitzvot, most halachot, more, doing more is not necessarily better. It's not better to drink uh, five ravi'ayot of wine for Kiddush than one ravi'ayot or than rather melologmav. But doing the kibbutz, this is something that uh, is up to increasing. And the more you increase, the better. What does it mean to derive enjoyment from Shabbat? How can we bring ourselves to actually have pleasure? And this is talking about physical pleasure. This is what Hachamim said that a person should prepare a very delicious food. Shamen means fatty, really, but back in the day, fat meant delicious. to to have a very fragrant drink, in other words, wine that's aged and that that even smells good. Everything for Shabbat. and Everything according to every person's means and how much they can afford. Anyone, again, increasing, having more uh, for the meal of Shabbat is praiseworthy. The more you can afford, the better. However, if one cannot afford a as a Shabbat, so if the, pers- the person before Shabbat prepares even shelek, even a, 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 a um, something boiled, he boils a beet, he boils a potato, and that's what he's going to have for Shabbat. But he's doing that to Shabbat. Then when he's having that on Shabbat, that is on Shabbat and the person should not feel bad with himself or borrow money in order to be able to have more food on Shabbat. And the Chachamim warned against this, and they said, it's preferable for you to pass, to, to, to have Shabbat as if it were a normal day of the week. In other words, don't do anything special for it so long as you are not uh, becoming an indebted to others. It's much worse from Hachamim's point of view to go into debt than to not honor Shabbat in any way. Now, the flip coin of this what happens if uh, you have it way too good the rest of the week? So, what do you do to make Shabbat different? A person who was uh, Anog really means uh, that is with oneg, but it means someone who is spoiled and he's wealthy and all of his days are like Shabbat. Then he still should make something different on Shabbat than the rest of the week. And if there is nothing to change, every single meal, he has every single food that there is available, so there is nothing to add for Shabbat. He should change the time at which he eats. If he normally eats at an early time, he should eat later for Shabbat. if he eats later, he should eat earlier on Shabbat, just so it's noticeable that something is different. A person is obligated to eat three meals on Shabbat. One at night, one in the morning, and one in the afternoon. And it's important to try to make sure that nothing is lacking in any of these three meals. Sorry, that, that, that none of these three meals ends up being skipped. In other words, it's important to have three meals. Even a poor person who uh, receives money from Sedaqah, he still is obligated to have three Sedaqah. It doesn't need to be three seudot like It could be three times that he eats uh, a little bit of bread. And if a person doesn't feel well, he's nauseous from having eaten so much, or if it, it, he's suffering from eating so much, he no longer needs to eat three meals. In other words, don't don't feel obligated to eat if you're not feeling up to it. If you're not feeling well, this is part of oneg. And a person must begin each of these three meals over wine. This is something that very few people do on Sauda shlishit. I want to mention my my grandfather Allah Shalom just passed away um, on, on Shabbat, and uh, he he actually is one of the people that I I have always observed for Sa'uda shlishit. he would always begin it with wine so and also to to have Hamosi over two loaves of bread, the beyamim Tovim, and so too on Yom Tov, the same thing according to Harambam. On Yom Tov a person must also have three seudot. So for Harambam, you should do Saudash Lishit also on Yom Tov. Halakhayod Achilat Basar b'shabbat Bashabat Ainukula. Eating meat and drinking wine on Shabbat is part of the Oneg. So long as again, he can afford it. Don't go into debt for this. However, having said all of this, there's one thing that expresses precedence that is, as we explained before, there used to be a, a, a center, a, a very centric, very centralized sermon by the hacham at the Rasha, was like an hour, two-hour derasha starting from pesukim from the Ketubim and going through some connections of pesukim, pesukim from the from the Torah, sometimes with halacha, etc. It was really a work of art. Some of them, some of these derashot are preserved in what we called midrashim, midrash haGada, midrash has all of these derashot etc. So when this is happening in bet midrash, you may not begin a full sit-down meal. Ella. Rather, this is the way of the righteous on Shabbat. And this is, by the way, a very, very beautiful description of how Shabbat must have looked like in the times of Harambam. If you ever need to to, to cite the, the historical setting of how Shabbat was, what was like in Jewish communities in the 13th century, then you come to chapter 30, halacha Yod, 30, colon 10, and you read here, It palel adam bashabat shaharit musaf betakeneset. The person begins the morning spraying in the betakeneset, Shaharit Musaf. Then he comes home and he has the second meal of the Shabbat, which is the meal of the morning, sort of like a brunch. Then he goes to the Beth Amidrash, where they have the drasha. Then Yishma, ha. He should study himself, he should read. Uh, in the bet midrash, the parasha, the, there is a misvah to dush etc. The yishma, and he should listen to the rasha between that moment and until the afternoon. minha, and as the afternoon arrives, everyone prays minha in the bet aknesset. The and then he comes back home, or maybe there in the bet midrash. Although we should not eat in the bet midrash, but so probably at home, and then. He has a third meal over wine, and then he can eat and drink until the end of Shabbat. This is relevant in the pre-cell phone era where until you arrived home, nobody knew where you were. So it's forbidden to, Arambam says, to, to go to embark on, on a way, on a journey that is more than three parsaot. Three parsaot are 12 mil, about 12,000 yards. I don't know how much this is in, in, in miles. It's 12 kilometers. Um, and uh, it's forbidden to, to to come more than 12 kilometers uh, through the day on Friday so that uh, you have enough time to arrive home and then the, the place to which you arrive will have enough time to prepare food for you. Because otherwise, let's say your home is 15 mil away from where you are and you get there half an hour before Shabbat, you have enough time together before Shabbat, but arriving half an hour before Shabbat doesn't leave time to anyone to prepare food for you and they weren't expecting you. And how much more so says Rambam if you're not going home but you're going to somebody else because if they cannot have time to prepare for you, you'll also embarrass them. Because they did not have time to prepare something to honor their guests. As we said before, not very palatable, but Shabbat is not the time to pray for stuff, not for not for Parnasa, not for Refu'ah, not for Haslaha, not for the Hayalim, not for Medinat Israel. It's not very popular, but this is Halacha. Halacha is we should not use Shabbat for these things. So it's forbidden to fast. Pretty much everyone agrees with that nowadays. But also to to pray and to and to and to beg for for things to ask for mercy on Shabbat. And listen to this, even for things that trigger the public obligation to fast, as we are going to see in later in Sefer Zemanim. So let's say, God forbid, there is a war or something, and they decree fasts for this. Still, on Shabbat, we take a pause, and we do not do ta'anit, we don't do teruah of the shofar, not on Shabbat and not on Yom Tov. goyim o nahar, The only exceptions are a city that is surrounded at that moment by by goyim, by, uh, by 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 an army that wants to that wants to to attack it, or nahar, or there is a flood that's about to come into that city. bayam or a, a vessel that that's that's about to drown in the sea, because then on Shabbat, given that there is something to do, we do blow the shofar to enlist everyone to come and help them. And since we are taking action, then as we take action, we also pray for Hashem to help us. In a way, I think that part of this is that we should not be praying to Hashem to help us unless we also are able to go and do something about it. And because we cannot normally do these things on Shabbat, we should also not pray. But that's just an aspect of it is not the, the, the reason and it's definitely not enough to change the halacha. Uh, just the halacha is very simply, we don't pray for stuff on Shabbat. <clears throat> <clears throat> Now, we are amiss on the offensive. We are conquering a city. We should not start surrounding a city and besieging a city that we are about to conquer less than three days before Shabbat so that by the time Shabbat arrives, the soldiers have had some time to settle down and to 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 be on the right mindset for Shabbat, of course this would not take two or three days. This was probably a matter of weeks or months or whatever. But just setting up that siege is a is a very high adrenaline activity, and um, we want them to have some rest from that before Shabbat. Umi <clears throat> because of the same reason. En maflirin This is. Relevant, I've had this question several times for people who want to go on cruises before Shabbat. It's forbidden to board a vessel. Less than three days before Shabbat. In other words, you have to board a vessel no later than Tuesday. So that a person has time to settle down and not be suffering too much from the nausea, etc., uh, on Shabbat, it takes a little bit of time to get used to the movement. However, if he's doing if he's going for something of Mitzvah, then he can do so even uh, even Friday. It's not forbidden to be on a, on a vessel during Shabbat, it's just forbidden to board on it, and it's not forbidden it's forbidden because of onek Shabbat or lack thereof. But if if it's for the Hamim did not we're not so uh, strict about it. And as we mentioned before, you may tell the Goy uh, in a wink-wink kind of way, you know, by the way, right now that, you know, it's Friday at three o'clock, Shabbat comes in at six, from six and, and until six uh, something the next day, I want you to stop navigating the ocean. Uh, please do that for me and the guy will say uh, I'll, I'll think about it and of course, you know that he won't think about it and that's fine That shobet Umisor Sidon bahen And if it's from a place from Sor to Sidon that uh, there are two cities in Lebanon Very close to each other from the Phoenician, famous Phoenician ports divrei even if it's for divrei reshut then it's permissible to, uh, because this is less than a day journey, then you may you may go even on Friday. However, if it's a town, a city, where they have the custom not to board a ship on Shabbat, then even from Sord to Sidon, you may not do so on a Friday. Marital relations between a husband and a wife, it's part of Onek Shabbat lefi'chach. This is why Chachamim said in in Masechet Ketubot, I believe in the Mishnah, it's also Milchot Ishut that Onat Talmidei Chachamim haBeriyim, Ona is actually one of the obligations, one of the responsibilities that the the man commits to under the Ketubah, to, to to the woman. Not only under the Ketubah, also under it's also under the pasuk as we read in this week's Parasha, about Amma She'era ke lo igra. these are the obligations of the of the husband to to, each, to, to a Jewish wife and uh, this means that the wife has r- the right to have uh, intimacy with her husband that's one of the rights that the wife has and if the husband doesn't provide that, those are grounds for a divorce um, so that's the ona. Now, how much is ona How much intimacy is enough intimacy? So it depends on the availability of the husband. And Chotish shoot Perek Yudalet speaks about this. And different professions leave different amount of times available for this. And this, by the way, is not only, I'm not talking about the physical act. This is, if you think about this from a psychological standpoint, this is also a guarantee that there is going to be an actual intimate connection between the husband and the wife. And normally that's what the wife craves more than anything, is that that emotional connection. And uh, so if you are, let's say, a hamar or a gamal, someone who who goes on caravans and comes home every so often, then it's either every three months or every six months. If you are tayalim, if you are uh, retired or unemployed, then the ona, your obligation, is up to every night, of course, if uh, if the wife so desires, uh, that, that that's how much your obligation is up to. And for Tamideh Chachamim, Chachamim said, it's once a week. They understand that the Chachamim are less available than other professions, actually. More available than others, but less than others, than, than some. And therefore, it's weekly. But when in the week, so the Mishnah says, Milele Shabbat, Shabbat, let that be on Shabbat itself, because we also have the aspect of Onik Shabbat to deal with. Omutariv all betulah lichatahilah b'shabbat. This is a machloket in the Gemara in Masechet Ketubot, I believe. Um, whether it's uh, it's habura or it's not habura to have relations for the first time with a betula on on Friday night. Halacha is that it's mutar, it's not habura. Then beze Mishum chovel ve-lo sarla, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't have any of these two considerations which would make it asur. Halachat Tetvav, and mm-hmm. Tetvav here is split into two halachot, about the, the importance generally of Shabbat. HaShabbat V'Avod Hazara. Shabbat and the alien service, alien worship, kol achat mishetehen shekula keneged she'ar kol haMisvot, kol HaTorah. Each of them two is comparable to all the other Misvot of the Torah, in some ways which we are going to describe and the Shabbat is the sign one of the of, of the signs of this covenant the covenant which we entered into at Harsinai or of the, the special relationship between God and us is one of those signs is the Shabbat itself Ot, He Sorry, Israel, Torah. It's an ot. Um therefore, given that this is an ot, this signifies the symbol of the covenant. Anyone who violates, transgresses, any of the misvot, is just a violator, he just uh, is a transgressor, a rasha. However, someone who desecrates a Shabbat means um, in public, openly, uh, without regards to this symbol of the relationship between God and us. This is comparable to someone who also rebels against God by worshipping in a way that is against him. So this is more or less, if I had to give some analogy to it, imagine a husband and a wife, and the wife wears uh, her wedding ring, not that it's something that uh, Halakha requires, but let's say that that's what she does, and everyone knows that that's what means that she's married, and then the wife goes somewhere, and very openly in front of everyone, she... Takes off the ring, very openly, and starts flirting with others. So that's the the ring in this case would be the ot, something that symbolizes her uh, her and her husband's relationship. Um, the other case of Abodazara is when the wife actually goes with somebody else. So there is a certain there is a certain affinity between actually committing adultery. And the the point of very openly uh, disrespecting that symbol that symbolizes the commitment that there is between them. And this is a very, very severe and serious consequence, which has actually, this has relevance. And a person who commits Avodah Zarah, either of these, even though they are Jewish, for many aspects, they are considered by the community as non-Jews. One of the aspects is yain nesech or If they touch wine, they already automatically have this presumption attached to them that their touching of the wine makes it into Avodazara. <clears throat> um, there is one, there is one uh, difference between them. Uh, Avodah is a one-way street once a person does it. We no longer accept them. Uh, Shabbat. We always accept them be tshuva, but while they are being Shabbat, they are like a goy. By the way, uh, I'll tell you something I, I heard from a hacham I very much respect in in Eretz Israel. I, I once asked them, um, what happens with uh, if I'm in, in Eretz Israel and I want to cross the street on Shabbat and i want to go through the maavar hasaya through the through the 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 um the pedestrian the, the pedestrian area where, where if i step into it uh, the crosswalk the cars have have to stop and i know that by doing so i'm causing a car driven by a jew to press on the brake and then uh, subsequently press on the accelerator thereby for sure violating one or more melachot so he told me that that's one of the meanings of we if they are in the middle of being mehalil shabbat we don't have to be considerate of their hilul shabbat anymore as if they were a goy so i think that this is a very sharp point one of the consequences of kegoy devarav the end which is on a much higher note uh, again the same with Yahu. That's why, or uh, accordingly, the Navi Yishayahu, says, Enosh Adam How happy is the person that that fulfills this, and the human being that uh, that is consistent with this commandment? The one who keeps the Shabbat This Mem is called Mem Is a Mem of uh, negation. So it negates the verb that's coming. Mehalelo is mi is from and refrains from desecrating it. So shomer Shabbat, the one who keeps Shabbat and refrains from desecrating it, as a translation. And on the other hand, anyone who keeps Shabbat properly, like the halachot And furthermore, it goes beyond halachot of what's permitted and what's forbidden and he tries as much as he can to honor and enjoy the Shabbat, then it's explicit in the Nevi'im as well. His reward in this world. I want to be careful with the translation here. It's not that the this world is more than the reward in the world to come. That's obviously ridiculous. Nothing can compare to the world to come. But yater in the sense of is in addition to. So let me read it again. His Sahar, his reward in this world, is in addition to, is on top of. It's like the cherry, as uh, uh, they say in Hebrew, the, the cherry on top. On top of the sakhar that he already has preserved, reserved for him, for the Olam Abba, for the world to come. Shana as the Navi says, as... Then if you imit raglecha, etc., you're going to be able to to derive pleasure over the presence of God Himself. And Hashem says, I'm going to 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 put you on top of Bamoteares of the highest places of the land. In other words, you're going to have a beautiful estate in a metaphorical sense and I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you, uh, oh, uh, sorry, sorry. So let, let me explain the Pasuk. As As means in the Olam In Olam you're going to have something that cannot be had in this world. You're going to have the owning, the pleasure of being in the presence of God. But until then, I'm going to let you settle in the highest places, the most desirable places of the land. You're going to have a very fertile, very rich land. And I'm going to let you enjoy from the nahala, from the inheritance of Yaakov, your forefather. In other words, Eres Israel. For this is what the mouth of God has said. And with this, we finish the Uh, Hilchot Shabbat of Harambam, highly, highly recommended to do Hazara. However many times as you can, these halachot are not only extremely relevant, but also uh, they you can know them, and you can know them very well if you follow Harambam's structure. Uh, You can really, really master, if you study it three or four times, these 30 chapters, you can become an expert in Hilchot Shabbat very, very easily.